What's up, guys? Doug Polk here, and welcome to a very special podcast today. We are joined by the founders and owners of Hustler Casino Live, Ryan Feldman and Nick Fertucci, joined the podcast to talk about their exciting upcoming million-dollar cash game. they got some new names to announce. We're going to talk about what they've got in store for us, and we're going to talk about live streams in general, a lot happening in that space in the poker world. And these guys know their stuff. It's no secret they have built the most popular poker stream in the world, and I'm happy to have them on today. But before we jump into that, I want to let you guys know that Upswing Poker is launching its new tournament course. And if you want to improve your tournament poker skills for this year's World Series of Poker and beyond, don't miss the new course coming to Upswing on May 8th. It's called Road to Victory, the Ultimate Tournament Course. It was created by Darren Elias and Nick Petrangelo, two of the best tournament players in the world who have combined for over $60 million in earnings online and live. Road to Victory includes 25-plus hours of tournament training content from Darren and Nick, as well as a pre-flop master sheet app that includes charts from every common pre-flop situation at six different stack depths. This course comes out Monday, May 8th, and will cost $1,000. Join by Friday, <clears throat> by Friday, May 12th, to get a special launch week bonus. More details will be available on the website. Okay, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and bring in today's guests, we are joined by Nick Vertucci and Ryan Feldman. Guys, welcome to the pod. What's, what's up, Doug? Happy to be here. You should say, what's up, guys? we got to address the audience. What's up, what's up guys? Breaking news. It's all in the brr. <laughs> um, all right. So a lot to talk about today. Uh, thank you guys for, for taking the time and also for making this announcement here uh, on my channel. And um, I know that this game is one of the most hyped games that we've seen in poker for some time. For the audience that isn't familiar, uh, the Hustler Casino Live announced a few months ago that they are going to have a $1 million game, essentially $1 million buy-in for every player at the table, which means we're, we're talking $9, $10 million on the table. I imagine there will be some reloads. I imagine the game will get even bigger. So um, I guess like let's just kind of kick it off with opening thoughts. Uh, maybe w- why you decided to have this game and, and sort of your, your vision for it. Yeah, so... Uh... When we had the Mr. Beast game, which was actually a year ago yesterday, um, we once the next day hit from that game, right? Me and Nick started thinking, what do we do next? Like, where do we go from here? How do we top this? Can we ever get this game again? And even if we got this again, how could it be bigger than the original one, right? And so we started thinking about ideas of of what could be even bigger. And a million dollar buy-in game crossed our mind uh, pretty quickly just because that's something that is possible because it's it's going to be mostly poker players that just play high stakes and 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 can buy in a million right as opposed to trying to get celebrities um and we started thinking about it but we didn't really plan it right away and then when we got to the fall we started really talking to a few players to see uh you know gauge their interest to see who would be in and a few of the the core players said you know what we'd be in we'd do it and so we were like okay, let's do it. We kind of just waited till we decided it was the right time. And then, and then we announced it uh, in February. So we just think this is something that's going to be big for poker. Um, You know, we want to put something together that's memorable that people talk about for a long time. And, you know, we're, we're just excited that, you know, this, we're, we're just excited to like do something that more or less hasn't been done before. Now I know there's been some games where people have bought in, that much and you know poker go had the one where people bought in 500k and and everyone could have been in for a million at the end um but we had and and tritons had some big games but 
there hasn't really been games, at least in the U.S. on a stream or TV, where everyone has to buy in a million. The blinds start at 500, 1,000 or bigger, um, and there's nine, eight, nine players at the table. And so, you know, having, like you said, 10 plus million on the table, this is just going to be something that's unique. Nick, did you want to weigh in with your thoughts on that? Well, you know, what's what's really just daunting to me is as Ryan and I are going through this process, the, you know, we started out at, at three days hoping we could like drop the biggest games in U.S. history and, and fill three days. And, and now we're at four and contemplating a fifth. And it's just pretty insane um, uh, what this is going to be. And, and when we get to some of the other details, you know, I'll drop some other stuff that I'm that I'm thinking. But uh, Ryan and I, like Ryan said, we just thought, you know, what the hell can we do to just keep going forward? You know, it's 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 not an easy task to continue to step up on yourself and bring it to another level. And and Ryan and I are constantly trying to do that. And and we really, truly believe this is going to be epic. Yeah. I absolutely think it's going to be epic. And I think that there is an inflection on price point for viewers. One of the more common takes that I see from people when they talk about streams on, online is they'll talk about how they want games that are relatable. And I, I just couldn't disagree with that more strongly. Now, that's not to say there isn't a place for for relatable content. And I think one of the reasons why poker vlogs have done so well as a genre is because people can see what it's like for someone else to play in their same kind of games, how they handle that situation. So there certainly is some degree of uh, interest in people watching people play your stakes in your games. But the I guess the real difference is there are many, many, many people offering that kind of content. And so there are a lot of – it's not special in that it's rare. It's special in that people have an, op an opportunity to see something that's kind of like what they play day to day. When you look at a game like this, there's just simply not anything comparable that is going on in terms of just raw money. Um, what are your thoughts on the take where I see some people ask, you know, why should I care about two rich guys in LA playing a $2 million pot when it's not games that I play and these guys don't care about the money, so why should I care? Yeah, I, I think that people, in my opinion, should look at these games as entertainment, not as a learning experience of how to get better at poker. So if you're watching, you know, if you play 5-5 five -five and you're watching a 5-5 five -five game on stream, it's good educationally right like you can learn how to play against other players that would play those stakes or comparable stakes what you play obviously if they don't play these stakes it's hard for them to fathom like how they can use this to learn because you know the stakes and the straddles and how deep it is and all of that is just different but this is entertainment you know we're, that's our number one goal is to put on a show to for it to be fun you know to be a great production and um i we, we don't have that many uh, elite pros that play in our games, right? From time to time, we have some pretty good pros, but, but like the core of our group isn't elite pros. Um, and so like, honestly, I would not advise an up and coming player to try to play like most of the players that are playing in our games, right? Our games are supposed to be fun and splashy and, and, and private games and entertaining and all of that. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> it's one of these things, too, where I think uh, I think the small minority of people that like to just push back uh, and on, on everything would would say that. But those same people are going to be watching, in, in mm -hmm. my opinion. And uh, 
Like how, you know, these guys, of course, are a bunch of rich guys. You can't put a million dollars on the table with, without having a lot of money. But at the same time, you know, when someone stuck a million dollars or two million dollars, you know, these guys are on tilt. There's going to be a lot of emotions in this game. Um, it, and like Ryan said, it's just going to be entertaining. And I, I, I absolutely believe we will see the biggest pots ever uh, in these games. I mean, we have four to five days of at the highest stakes poker, this is going to be, this is going to be insane. So if somebody who really loves poker doesn't watch this, they are going to be a real rarity. I, I can't <laughs> see it. And, and just to uh, uh, cement what Nick said there. So yeah, we, we originally announced three days, but we decided we're going to do at least four days now. So we're going to, we originally announced uh, May 27th to 29th. So we're now announcing that we're going to start a day before that, May 26th. So Friday, May 26th will now be the first day of the Million Dollar Game. Um, we will go four or five days. Um, we're aiming for five days, but there'll be like a chance that maybe, you know, some people bail towards the end and we can't do that fifth day. But we're going to schedule it as May 26th to 30th. It's going to be tough with scheduling as well, because I imagine that when you have stakes that are this big, you can have a lineup of people, but if someone loses $4 million over the weekend, they might not have the appetite <laughs> to show up on the Monday. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I hope that no, I mean, in one sense, it's great for views if someone loses that much, but honestly, like as a game runner, I, I don't want anyone to lose that much. I know it's possible, but um, you know, I, I hope nobody loses an unfathomable amount like that and then can't play another day or something like that. So, you know, it's weird. It's like in one sense, I want the blood, but in another sense, I want everyone to break even. You know? Well, yeah. there's, a, there's a balance on when you run a game, not to cut you off, Nick, but there's a balance on when you run a game where you have to try and protect your games in the future as well and also recognize that these are real people and when they take a, a sizable loss, it, it impacts them. Um, so that's that's kind of like the the tough side to running games that I think a lot of people don't realize is the emotional components of, hey, when you run a poker game, no matter what, someone's going to lose. There are going to be people that lose at the end of it. They're going to be winners. They're going to be losers. So when someone does lose, you know, regardless of whether they played well or played bad or got lucky or just whatever happened, um, you didn't have to deal with that side of things and how you manage that moving forward. So um, and four million dollars is not that unfathomable in a game like this if someone plays multiple days. It's just, I mean, if everyone's got a million dollars, we're going to see some two and three million dollar pots. Like that's that's going to happen at some point. Yeah, and so. you definitely don't want to be on the wrong side of variance for these next four days, those four days, that's for sure, because it's yeah. gonna be, those are going to be big numbers. But what I was going to say is this, and this is just strictly my take, my opinion. I think the toughest thing for Ryan and I in these four or five days will be this. Just like you said, Doug, we're going to have some people that are that are maybe getting crushed. You know, the last time we ran the, the really big game or games, uh, we we went over 12 hours. We had to restart like we had play, some players that didn't want to quit, some that did. Then the ones that were up couldn't quit. And so what I think is going to be the biggest challenge is trying to balance like that first day. So you know, how to, to stop a game where it should be stopped. So you don't ruin the next day because people have no energy or bandwidth. And then, you know, like last time we had a couple of players that were just pissed off when we were trying to call it, you know? And so I think there's going to be a lot 
of drama and a lot of pressure on Ryan and I to maintain these four days, not only with people losing a ton of money and maybe, you know, uh, pricing themselves out of the next day, but like the emotions of someone stuck a million dollars in, you know, after let's say 10 hours or whatever it is, we're like, okay, we got to call this or 12 max. And then, you know, someone's upset because maybe they're not slated for the next day or the next day. And, and, and they don't want this to end. So I have no doubt <clears throat> there's going to be issues, but we're just going to have to deal with them and do the best we can to protect what the overall goal is, which is to run, you know, four to five days of these type of stakes. Yeah. So Nick, I, I've seen that dynamic at play. Obviously I also run a show, so I, I know what it can be like. And typically speaking, when someone's stuck a lot or if someone isn't playing the next day, uh, or maybe even they're they're just having a good time and they just want to keep playing, it feels to me like as the stakes get bigger, more and more people want the game to keep going. Yeah. And then once you hit the early hours in the morning, two, three, four in the morning, you do start to get to this point where you're thinking, okay, if these people have to come back the next day, yeah. is there a chance that they just no-show now because they just played too late? You know, like if someone plays until five, six, seven in the morning and then goes home, goes, they might be not, not be asleep until eight or nine, they might need might need to be back at one o'clock or two o'clock the next day. Right. Can you make sh- are you are you somehow hurting yourself by having this game run this late? Uh, but at the same time, you know, people are adults. They need to decide for themselves. How do you kind of balance keeping players happy in that situation with the fact that the show needs to go on the next day? Well, you know, I'll tell you, my opinion is <clears throat> there is no secret formula because these are all human beings with different personalities and have different views on what's right, what's wrong, and what should be. And sometimes people respectfully get a little self-centered when when it's their situation. And, you know, Ryan and I are just going to have to figure out how to manage those personalities. And like you said, protect the next day game and protect the relationships. And I, I really think that, of course, is going to be our biggest challenge um, is the lineups who plays day one, two, three is the guy on day one stuck, not going to play day two and three. And he's pissed off. And, you know, this guy wants in and this guy feels like this should happen. And, you know, Ryan of course is the master at handling these and he will be at the, at the uh, driver's wheel on doing this because he's, he's very good at absorbing a lot of heat. He's good at absorbing a lot of shit and um, and we're just going to have to do the best we can to accommodate. But this will I, I believe this will not be the perfect widget for sure. All righty, let's go ahead. So I have a little uh, little outline of the way that uh, I wanted to go through this podcast today. And I, I thought we'd do a little intro and, and we'd get into the specifics of who's been announced. I have a full list here so I can introduce, introduce the players or you guys can go for it. However you want to handle it. Uh, you, if you want to. You can maybe announce some of the ones that that we listed already, and then I can. Uh, we have a, a few players that that we have confirmed that we can add to that list, and then you know we can get to the big name at the end. But if you want to, we can kind of say a little bit about each of the the players that are that are in sure. so far. Okay, so let's do this, and yeah, let's just let's go through one by one the list that you guys have already announced. Then we'll move into new players that you have confirmed, and then we'll 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 make the announcement for the big name that you have joining the stream. Cool. Alrighty, so here's the recap for who has currently been announced for the million dollar game. Uh, start off with we have Stanley Tang. Yeah, Stanley's been playing on our show uh, since early on, the first few months. Uh, he kind of got introduced to high stakes by playing on our show, and now he loves it. Um, he's, of course, one of the co founders of DoorDash. Uh, I consider him a good friend. 
Um, you've seen him everywhere at this point, high stakes poker and all of that. So we love Stanley. Everyone loves playing with him. Just, he's just like the nicest guy at the table. I, I would say, um, you know, the nicest billionaire, so to speak, that you can ever imagine meeting. I know Nick's played with him a few times too. Yeah, it's funny because when he first started playing, I think he played in like our anti-game and it was like foreign territory for him. And I just remember him not kind of knowing where his footing was in the game. And uh, you wouldn't know he was a billionaire by the stakes and the way he was playing. And then just his evolution from that day to, you know, today playing in the games he's playing and how much more he knows about poker. So kind of cool. Yeah. All right, cool. Next up, J.R., JR has been a staple in our games, fan favorite, uh, plays a lot of Fridays, um, a guy that's very involved running a, a, a business um, in, his, in his personal life and loves poker. And uh, another guy, very similar to Stanley in that like super nice guy. Everyone loves playing with them. No issues. Just like literally like the perfect guy to have in the games, easiest to deal with ever. And uh, he's been awesome. Like he's just been a great supporter of our show. So we're excited to to have him in this. I also think when you have players like this that join, I think that there's something when someone makes their money outside of poker, or even if they are a good player, if they're just viewed as a business guy because their primary source of their income and their money has been, you know, the real world, then I think it kind of knocks other people off the fence that might not want to play because it's viewed as they're just a recreational player, even if they're good. Um, you know, I, I've played a little more with or watched a little more of JR than Stanley. Um, but it seems to me that JR is at least a pretty solid poker player. I wouldn't say one way or the other, but he's not just like some business guy that's splashing around endlessly. Right. No. But when you have yeah. someone like him playing on the show, then you might knock people that are kind of on the fence off. And I think there is a real value in having people that their background is just not poker, uh, kind of regardless of their poker ability in terms of being able to create lineups. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, there's... His evolution has been pretty amazing, too. He's, he really has evolved into uh, a really solid player, like you said. And um, he's just the salt of the earth. I don't think we've ever had to ever worry about JR in any respect. He's he's really easy to work with. I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. All right. Next up, Double M. Um, Double M fits in the same category as those guys. Super nice guy. Awesome. Uh, loves to play big, loves to play deep, uh, pretty solid player. He's a hedge fund manager, lives mostly in New York. Um, yeah, he's, he's just awesome. He, he, he loves to battle and, um, he's, he's not like a guy that plays a ton of hands, but, um, yeah, he's comfortable playing deep. So the million dollar game I think is going to suit him well. He's like, there's some people that are coming to this game and they're going to be a little nervous because they're sitting with a million dollars. Like double M isn't one of them. Um, he plays in some big games in New York and um, he's going to be used to this. So uh, yeah, the double M will be a good fit. He'll So Stanley and JR are probably going to play multiple days, uh, two to three days, probably each uh, double M will probably play one, maybe two. We also know Double M not afraid to go with pocket kings, even if it's for a lot of money. <laughs> oh, I'll, right. I'll, I'll, give him, I'll give him a few tips. I'll give him a few tips on how to let go of the kings. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. There you go. So, it's actually kind of funny. We had a, I, we, I'm sure he'd be okay with me saying this, but we privately had a conversation after his king's hand, and we're talking about folding kings pre and stuff. 
And then just like a few days later, I had to fold Kingsbury. Oh my god! Wait, so yeah. he he reached out to you to to ask if you could fold there? Um, I forget. I think I might have hit him up, or he. I don't remember the specifics. I'm just saying. I know. Was I, like he was asking multiple people, "Can I ever fold there? What do I do different? Can I get away from it?" Like he he he's really into just like improving and you know trying to get the spots right, and and he he puts a lot of emotion into the game. Like he cares a lot about um, just playing the right way and, and making right. the right plays. He's also a little different than the other guys in that he, he's a little bit more of like a like a trader, to my understanding. Like more, more I mean, I, I know he does a lot of investment stuff, but yeah. I feel like I feel like the the people that are are financial trading kind of people tend to be a lot more obsessive about if they're making the right decision or not than maybe the people that that made their money through through business. Career. That makes sense. Yeah. The, the thing I love about Double M the most, and I'm looking forward to, is that uh, if you ever watch him, he's. Uh, He's very emotional and he gets cranky. And when he gets cranky, I think he's hysterical. If you remember his rant on me when he was cranky, it was like the funniest thing ever. So I am rooting for him. He's a good friend of mine now and I uh, hope he does well. But uh, I'm looking for a few cranky moments because of it, it, I enjoy watching him. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that rant, Nick. Where, where can people go find it? Uh, I, I don't know. Ryan, what's the name on, on the clip? Are you, you are familiar with it, right? I don't know if Doug's trolling you or not. I don't know. Are you trolling? <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's when I five bet him with Kings and he started on a rant about, oh, is that what you do? Is that what you do? You just wait yeah, for yeah, aces yeah. and Kings. Is that what you do? And just fucking undressed me for about five minutes before he folded ace king suited. <laughs> it, it was in the all-star game. Yeah. yeah. Good lay down. All right. Moving on. <laughs> We also have Blank Check Ben, who has been uh, pretty active in the social media streets over the course of the last few months. Very, very months, very, very opinionated on the Garrett Airball stuff, and been on your show recently as well, Nick. So, what, what about Blank Check Ben? Uh, Blank Check Ben has become one of the staples on our show. He's one of the most loyal people we have that plays on our show. He's become a really close friend with Ryan and I. Um, and uh, another very emotional guy. He's really a lot better at that now. But one of the fun things about Ben is uh, he's willing to gamble and he's willing to whine and complain and go crazy. And so he makes for good TV. Yeah, absolutely. He had a he had an epic moment last year where uh, he was frustrated over some things in a game, and Israeli Ron sitting next to him. Israeli Ron loves to to show his opponent or show his neighbor, uh, his cards when he's folding, like, look at this fold I'm making, you know, and, and, and muck or tell him what, what he had. And so Ben wasn't in the mood. And, and uh, if you haven't seen this clip, it's hilarious. So Ron shows him a hand and Ben's like, Ron, stop showing me your fucking cards. I don't want to see your cards. Just fold and move on to the next hand. I don't care. <laughs> like just ranted. And it's now just an epic moment that people talk about that clip. That clip is incredibly good. I, I know the exact <laughs> one. Uh, also the other day, uh, Ben was actually out in Austin, and someone said, "Someone said, dude, on, on Instagram, Ben's posting he's at the Salt Lick. Uh, salt, the Salt Lick is it's a uh, Austin barbecue place, and it's out in the boonies. It's kind of in the direction I'm out because I'm not in the city. And uh, I'm just like, wait, what? And I just like, I just see, see people talking. He's at this place that's not even that far from me, out in the boonies of Austin. And I'm like, what the hell, man? You're like 15 minutes, like 15 minutes away from me. I can't believe you're out here." Yeah, I think he was traveling for business. He does a lot of business traveling, and uh, I think he's in. I think he's out of the country right now. But yeah, he's Ben's awesome. Uh, I think he's become 
a, a fan favorite. Um, he's in our chat all the time. He's a chat pro, what we call uh, those people, so to speak, where he's always just in there typing and, and commenting on games he's not playing. And um, yeah, like you said, he's active on social media and uh, he's been involved in the airball drama. He stopped by the heads up match the one day to troll Berkey. Um, so yeah, he's, he's been awesome. He's been a great, I think, member of the community and our community. And, um, he's down to play as many days as possible on this. So I think he's going to play at least three days and we're excited. Like he's, he's, uh, he's an action player. He's awesome. He, he plays hands. He'll, if, if he's stuck, he'll, he'll really get in there and, and play crazy. He's not afraid to like four bet 10, three off, you know? So, uh, which is which fun. is a which is a very important part of your poker game to not be afraid to do that. Yes, if, you, that's true, if, yeah. if you're not able to, if you're if you don't have what it takes to four bet the ten three off, you probably shouldn't even show up. That's true, Doug. I think you should put a course out on that. Yeah, it would be a great course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the way, uh, just to talk about the Berkey Airball thing, let's let's have a little segment at the end for that because I, I would like your thoughts on that match and um, kind of what you you how you felt about it going forward. But let's let's stay stay focused on this for now. The next name is someone that I think a lot of people are going to be very happy to hear in the lineup because uh, they just make the game a lot more entertaining, and uh, we know that they're willing to play a lot of big pots. Eric Person is going to be joining the Million Dollar Cash Game. What are your guys' thoughts on Eric? Uh, Eric's awesome. Obviously, he's like a, a guy you have to have in a big game these days on a stream. Like He's just, like you said, willing to play big pots and, and, and mix it up, and his table talk is, is as good as anyone's. It's just awesome. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we, we love Eric. And so uh, everyone loves playing with him. Uh, the fans love watching him. He's fun. He's unpredictable. Um, he, he, he plays a certain character at the table, but very nice guy, um, you know, when you talk to him in person. And uh, he's just adds entertainment to the show. And so like, it, it's just not the same show if he's not there. You know what I mean? Like he, there's a couple guys in, in that group that just make the show and he's one of them. Totally agree. I got my first taste of playing with Eric the other day. Yeah, how did you uh, how did you enjoy that? I got check race on the river with a, the nut straight and a paired board. And I'm like, finally, here comes a big that. pot with Eric Pearson, and uh, he had basically the nuts. So that was uh, that was unfortunate for me, but you know that sometimes people have the nuts. He was subdued verbally and in his in his game that day. I mean, he played way more snug than than I've ever seen him, and he let pretty much Rob Young do all the work with the vocals. Oh, and airball, obviously. Well, that's different. That's, you know. <laughs> I also actually want to address your guys' thoughts on the high-tech poker thing because I think that's a good topic, but we'll we'll save that for the end as well. We'll just keep going down the list for now. Uh, the next name is someone that people might be a little bit less familiar with. I played with him a few times. Uh, he is a well-known high-stakes player. Uh, I think he's based out of L.A. Brandon Steven, also going to be on the game. Yeah, Brandon, uh, whose brother Johnny plays on our show a lot as well. Johnny played last night and is playing tonight. Um, but yeah, Brandon, very, very wealthy, successful business guy who plays a lot of high stakes poker and plays some tournaments as well. I think he got second in the 250K buy-in, I believe it was, uh, last World Series. Um, so he he knows how to play. And last time he played on the show, he had a like a 75% VPIP writing a few weeks ago. So like, you know, that that's entertaining. You know, if you can get in there and play the biggest stakes and play 75% of hands, that's fun. And, and he holds his own doing it. And so he's not afraid to bluff and, and mix it up and, and play bad hands and, and all that. Um, 
so yeah, Brandon's awesome. And um, there's a lot of guys that are playing some of these days that have kind of like a, a lot of history or rivalry with Brandon. So that should add to the dynamic of, of these shows. But is he afraid to four bet the 10 three off would be my next question. Uh, he'd pro- he's probably more likely to just cold call it. Okay. You got to see a flop, a little mid, a little yeah. low, a little low coverage. You never know. The, you got to be, you have to understand how to play the offsuit six gappers. You can make a lot of hands. You know, you could flop quads, um, a gutter. You know, there's a lot of things. Pairs, pairs for days. All righty. Uh, next name, Charles, another staple of the uh, HCL show. Yeah, Charles has been a huge fan favorite. Um, he, he's been playing a lot of Fridays. He swings hard. The guy, like, pretty much always wins or loses. 100k plus uh yeah he was i think i think there was like at one point where he was the third all-time winner on our show and then now he's lost most of those winnings back so he just swings back and forth and uh plays a lot of hands doesn't take a lot of time to act he acts quickly which is great um he's hard to bluff and uh he's awesome what uh i don't know nick you have any thoughts on charles I, I, Charles is just a dream come true for a stream. He's out of his mind and uh, and he's just fun to watch. So he is a key to a game like this because he is not afraid to put it in. And like Ryan said, <clears throat> he's willing to go down 400K and be back up 400K. And he's great for a live show. Makes sense. I also, uh, you said, talked about him winning and then losing. I'd like to talk about the tracking poker website a little bit too, because I, I think there's a, a good conversation to be had there. But again, we'll, let's save these for the end. Just give the viewers a little taste sure. of what we're going to talk about at the end of the show. All right. Uh, next up, this name I think a lot of people are going to be excited about and uh, has built quite the following over the course of the last year or two. Uh, Ethan Rampage, you going to be joining the show. Yeah, Rampage is awesome. Uh, he is just his evolution's been amazing. Um, he's you know one of the best poker vloggers out there. He just won, uh, I think, best poker vlogger and best poker personality at the GPI Awards, and um, well deserved, I think. Um, he's had some really cool moments on our show. I mean, he had played in the the biggest game of his life, uh, the first Friday show he ever played, and towards the end of the show, he went for a huge bluff against Garrett, which playing a big pot against Garrett in general is scary. The guy played, you know, two, five, five, 10, a few years ago. Now he jumps up playing hundred, 200, 400. And he, I forget the amount, but he goes for a six figure bluff against Garrett. And uh, it's just like, you got to give him credit. He, he has no fear. He goes for it. Uh, he played a Friday uh, a month or two ago on the show and won over 500 K. Um, so he's willing to play big pots. He, he owned Nick Airball in a lot of hands that show. And so, yeah, he's just he's just fearless and uh, he's just easy to root for, right? Like, how can you not root for this guy who everyone kind of watched build it up? He's young. He's in his mid-20s. Um, it's awesome. And so he's selling his he, – he's probably one of the one of the few or I, I don't know how many other people – well, I would say he's definitely the only guy in any of these games that will – like be selling a large chunk of himself. I would say majority of these guys are going to have hundred percent of themselves. Maybe there's a couple guys that, you know, sell small sweats to friends or something like that. But for the most part, we're inviting people that are worth a lot, a lot of money that, you know, it's not, they're, they're not pros that are selling action or anything like that, but rampage obviously is. And um, you can find his action on state Kings for it. And 
I think that's fun because, you know, when he does that, it really uh, gives the fans a real sweat. Like if there's 200 people that have a small piece of him, like that really makes it fun for them to watch him play. And so we're excited to have Rampage. He's a fan favorite. And um, yeah, he's just, he's just awesome in every way. Yeah. And Ethan, if you remember, not only a year, year and a half ago, his knees were knocking the jumping in our 2551 game. And so his evolution, like Ryan said, is just insane. Uh, you know, now this kid's going to be playing, whether he sells peace or not, in the biggest game ever in U.S. history. And, you know, Rampage, <clears throat> as a poker player and a poker ambassador, has literally done everything right to be in the position he's in. And um, he's 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 a great kid. So I guess my question on that note really is when I look at this lineup of people that are at least been confirmed so far, he's the only person that jumps out as he's a pro. So what is it about Rampage that put him above some of the other pros? Because look, like he's definitely built up a good sized audience over the course of the last couple of years or few years, but he definitely also does not have the name recognition that you would get from some of the more classic big name pros. So what is it about Rampage specifically that made you want to put him in over you know, over maybe some of the other names that would be names that people are more used to seeing be the poker professional on a show like this. Sure. That's a fair question. You know, I, I think that traditionally people look at guys like Daniel Negreanu and Phil Ivey type names as people who are like the big name pros. Right. But I think that in this era of poker and poker streaming, I think that you can make a legitimate argument in the poker world, not in the outside world to the general audience, of course, because those people are going to be more familiar with Ivy Negrano, but in the poker world, that that Rampage could be just as big or a bigger name these days. Um, when he plays on stream, like we get many thousand more viewers in any show that he plays. Like he is, whether people want to realize it or not, he is super, super popular. I think he might be top five most popular players in poker these days. And he just brings a big audience. And I think that, you know, having someone that does that and also isn't like a, a like GTO pro, so to speak, I think is kind of cool. And, and it's someone who's young and easy to root for and has a good personality. I just think all of those things make him fun to watch for the viewers. And, you know, if we're going to throw a couple good, uh, really good players in, in these games, we want it to be people that are going to bring views and that, you know, players won't be afraid to play with them. I mean, there's so. just, you know, look, like I like Rampage. I think he's doing everything the right way. And I think he's great to have on your show. So I'm not saying that it's wrong to pick him. But I think the idea that that would be better for your show than Phil Ivey or Daniel Negreanu or people like that is kind of ridiculous. Because yeah, well, this show well, this show is going to be so much wider than just the normal poker audience. Absolutely. That you, that you want to have names that just the random person that occasionally follows poker have heard of. And they've heard of those guys or Phil Hellmuth or Doyle Brunson or people like that. So it just seems like kind of insane to me to think that Rampage is going to bring to you more viewership than those names where like, I mean, look, like on YouTube, specifically streams and vlogs, I think Rampage is going to be in the same city as those guys. But you guys are casting a really wide net with this show. And I would I would imagine three, five, ten X the people have heard of those other names or tune in because of those. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Phil Helmuth, someone who's, you know, played our show a bunch, just played last week, is somebody who we talked to initially about possibly playing. But, you know, at this point, it's not. It, we're not really sure if, if he's going to want to play in the million dollar uh, game. Um, Phil Ivy, someone that's been on our show a couple times uh, a while back. And while it was really cool and uh, the nostalgia and all of that and the hype 
having him on the show was really cool. And for us, it was amazing because, you know, for me, like personally growing up as a poker fan, like Phil Ivey and Tom Dwan were like the guys. And then we get them on the show. It's like, wow, how do we do this? You know? And so those guys would be super cool. Um, specifically Ivy. Um, but I, I, I think when he played a lot of fans weren't happy about having him on again, because he just, you know, I mean, I, I guess it's like, not like that far from what you should expect, but you know, he didn't play a lot of hands. He was quiet. He was away from the table a lot. And so I think that, you know, in a game like this, it's going to be super action and splashy and entertaining. Like people want to see someone who's going to be at the table the whole time. is going to play a lot of hands and they're going to talk a lot. And even though Phil Ivey's a big name, he's not that. Daniel well, Negreanu fits it perfectly. Like Daniel Negreanu would be awesome. And there's always an open invite for Daniel Negreanu to play. Um, but I think that Negreanu, one, doesn't love to travel um, away from Vegas very often. So he's hard to get to come. But we've been in contact with him. And two, the World Series is starting right after that. So I think he's going to be focused on that. Okay, that, that makes sense for Negreanu. And obviously, if they don't want to play, it's, it's a different story. Back to Ivy just for a second, though. So one thing I've noticed with have, when you have a poker show, you need to have people that are loud and entertaining. And, and I, like, for example, like, I'm probably even too much of that. Like, I'm too loud and I'm too over the top and I'm too talkative at points. But if you put nine of me at a table, that is going to be an incredibly annoying table. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You could debate one is too much. So, no. like, so <laughs> one, I, I, I like one, but, you know, some might say. <laughs> So isn't it okay to have one guy that's just a little more quiet and just kind of playing their game? Now, away from the table is different. Like if he comes and he just like chills out somewhere else out of the show, that, that's obviously not cool. But if Ivy showed up like, hey, look, you could play, but we want you to play, but you just, you know, you just need to play poker. Like I think people would like that. I don't know. Do, do your thing. I'm not trying to, to derail. Look, it, look if, if Phil Ivy reached out and was like, hey, I want to play in this game. Like how could we say no? Like, of course. It's Phil Ivy. Like we would love to have Phil Ivy. Um and, you know, if he is interested, then maybe we will, you know, consider putting him in one of the days because I think that people would be excited to play with him. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Honestly, we haven't talked to him throughout this, and maybe we will. So there's still a possibility on that and some other some other big names for sure. But I, I think you're right. I think you're right that that you do need a couple big, big names to kind of really get the excitement of uh, the poker world and the outside poker world. And so, you know, we still have – three weeks left we're going to announce one big name today and you know we're still working on a bunch of others and we still have some time and that kind of you know that, that's kind of part of the reason why we did it this way where we announced it initially in february and um that way we don't have to like rush and panic and we can really like have this thing come together and get the perfect lineups together that makes sense all right next name moving on only a few more here and then we'll get into the new ones um rob young another confirmed player in the game i had my first chance to play with rob the other day, last week on High Stakes Poker, um, does Rob always needle people as hard as I got needled over the course of that show, or was that a different gear that Rob had? Yeah. I've never yeah. seen it. I've never so, seen it. I think you're special. Oh, great. I went out for dinner and, and drinks with Rob the night before. We hung out. We talked about things. You know, We had a good heart-to-heart. And then, I, and then he shows up the next day and just roasts me for like two or three hours straight. Just got right oh, into, yeah. the, right into Doug, the cereal. If, if you had to guess, why do you think? Like, I, I even have no clue. Like, what would be your take on that? Just spilled kombucha all over my shirt. Uh, I think <laughs> I think he kind of felt like it was necessary to for the dynamic of the show. And I also think that when you have a lot of, like, drama in that capacity, I think going after Berkey specifically is just too much. And then I also feel like there are some issues that 
I've had publicly over the last year or whatever that he thought that people maybe either wanted to, to see us talk about or he could needle me about. And I also think probably the most motivating factor is he thinks it would be very funny and that I would be a good sport about it. So I would imagine it's some combination of all those things. But he definitely did not warn me as we're hanging out for a couple hours, you know, having some wine last night. Like, oh, yeah, Doug, so tomorrow, like, just be prepared. I'm like, oh, Rob, what's up? He's like, all right, time for material. What happened after? How was the? How was he with you after? He left. He had a flight out. Oh. So I, I didn't see him afterwards. But I, uh, I've talked with him a little bit. I, I mean, we're we're cool. He he also tweeted a video and he said that I, he thought that I handled myself well with it. So we're all good. I just it was just a little bit of a surprise. But anyway, as far as as far as Rob goes in your lineup, I mean, the reasons to have him in are obvious. Of course, he's a good table presence. He typically, I think, is a little more quiet than he was that day. I'm not totally sure, but kind of balances out some of the other personalities there as well. Yeah, and I'm excited to have Rob. Um, first time he's going to be on Hustler Casino Live. Um, we've been talking for for a while, just you know, on Twitter and text and whatnot. And um, it took some convincing, but I was able to uh, to get him to to commit to these games. And now he's like all in for it. He's super excited. Um, he's reaching out to other players for us. He's um, yeah, he's coming out for like a week long trip to LA. And you know, not only all of that, but he so far seems like the easiest guy ever to deal with. He's told me many times I'll play in any lineup. I don't care about the lineup. I'm easy to deal with. Just use me as a prop. I'll I'll play as much as you want me to play. And so that's like awesome. Like imagine if everybody was like that, right? Then we could just have the dream lineup every day. Um, But yeah, he's just uh, so far been awesome to deal with. And uh, you know, my experiences with him have been amazing and uh, spent some time with him in Vegas when I was there and excited to have him be a part of this, historic game for us nick have you ever had a chance to play poker with rob i never have uh not not at all and uh but what i've seen of him uh even with the stuff with you and just everything i i don't know and just other times i've watched him he he really honestly seems like a really nice guy and even when he was trolling you uh it didn't um didn't come across as with malice he i just think he's a likable guy i mean i don't know him that well but that's my read yeah, the people had different takes on that. Like um, when I got home after my trip, my wife asked me, "Does Rob not like you?" And I'm like, "No, no, I think he likes me. He's just he's just <laughs> making fun of me." And then and then I also had another friend say to me, "Like, well, he's like, like, man, Rob could just cool down a little bit. Obviously, he's on your side with all of those jokes. So like, you see like different people where they like, you, you, they take that situation and they think like it could go either way. Um, so anyway, moving on. Let's go to the next next guest, Shamath. Uh, Nick, w- what's it like to have Shamath on the show? You got me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you take one of the richest guys, you know, and you put him in a game and uh, I just think it's going to be good, man. But I, I know hardly not much about him at all, uh, to be honest. I, I I don't even know. You know, I've seen him play. I know he's played with. I just I, I don't know what to expect out of him, to be honest with you. I, I know he's a really nice guy. And I don't know, Ryan, you know him better than I do. I think. Yeah, Shamath's really good friends with uh, with Keating, uh, with Phil Hellmuth, um, and then he is on the All In podcast with uh, Sachs and Friedberg and, and Galkanis, and and so they all play a lot of poker and talk poker. It's a great podcast, um, by the way. Yeah, and uh, but uh, one one bad news is that uh, of all the guys on the list, uh, he's actually po- uh, possibly not going to play now. So I, he just texted me this morning that uh, something came up with uh, his kid's birthday. So um, he's the one guy on this list that uh, seems to possibly uh, have become unavailable, but you know, those are things that, so it's kind of our first obstacle um, 
but those are things that are just going to happen as we get closer and we'll just have to keep dealing with them. And it's tough with the show because you announce people and things happen. Um, and then, you know, you have to figure out what you're going to kind of do from there. So, yeah, uh, I think those issues are going to be, you know, rare and it's only going to be a few issues hopefully, but, um, that's our first taste of, you know, but it's, it's okay. And, uh, you know, people have family obligations, they have business obligations and things are going to happen and, and we're just going to have to deal with it and, and adapt. All right. Last name, before we get into the new ones, uh, Mickey also going to be on the show. Yeah. Mickey is awesome. He's probably the guy that I'm possibly excited the most to watch in, in these lineups. Um, you know, Mickey's been a very popular player on our show. Uh, he's fun to watch. Um, you know, the, the first week we were ever uh, on the air, our, our first ever Friday game, Mickey and Antonio Esfaniari played, and it was epic, and it really kind of set the tone for our show when we were new. And uh, Mickey played our first ever six-figure pot against Andy, where Mickey straddled big and three-bet and called off with ace-10 and hit an ace against Andy's jacks, and it was like an epic moment back then. Um he was the biggest winner on that show in our first Friday game. Um, and, and he really just like became this guy that like the fans talked about and wanted to see again, right. This enigma. And then uh, he, he really helped organize uh, the first ever celebrity game, so to speak on our show. He brought in uh, a few guys in music and we put together this game and, and it was really cool. And so that kind of, you know, in a small way, like set the tone for when we ended up doing the creator game with, with Botez and the Mr. Beast game and, and all of that. So I got to give uh, credit to Mickey for just like kind of uh, being loyal since the beginning and, and just being like an awesome part of, of the community. And then he, of course, played in that 16 hour game that was like so epic. Uh, he, he played the day before with Ryan Garcia. Right. You saw the emotion, the swings for Mickey. Weren't sure if he was going to come back for the second day. He comes back with 500K and it was just like epic. Shows up an hour late with all this, this rack of chips and, and plays the entire show till like six in the morning. He was a part of that last hand, that epic hand where, you know, Wesley had tens and Keating had aces where the pot was like, whatever it was, 600 something thousand. And uh, so, yeah, he's just been part of like a lot of our epic moments on the show. And I think he's someone that every time he plays, like people are excited to watch because they don't get to see him that often. So getting to see Mickey play with a million dollars, like I think it's just going to be a treat. He's going to splash around. He's not a guy that's going to play a 20% VPIP. Like he's going to be in hands. He's going to be in there. He's going to be three betting, four betting, gambling, like talking. Like, so I, I mean, I'm just excited to watch him as like anyone in this game, to be honest. Yeah, I don't, he doesn't strike me as a, as a 20% VPIP kind of guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's a huge huge fan favorite. Even when you don't see Mickey for a couple months, even in our chat, his name constantly comes up. So I think everyone's going to be looking forward to to seeing him in a game like this. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if like Mickey and Eric Person get in like a two billion dollar pot, right? Like that That would be be some phenomenal TV for sure. Alrighty, we've now run through all the names. I know some people in the chat uh, were asking us to move on to the people that we have not yet announced. And before we decided to go live today. Uh, you guys said you were asking new names, and I asked what they were, and you told me you would prefer just to tell me on the show. Yeah. So for the chat here, if the names are bad, you can blame Ryan because he's pull, he pulled this one on me. So I'm I'm here with you guys. Yeah. Ryan, who do we got coming up? 
Well, the, the, the names we're going to announce first aren't like huge names, and then we'll announce the bigger name at the end. But the the, the other players that we can add to the list that we can confirm so far are uh, Wesley is one. Wesley, a guy that everyone that watches our show knows who he is. Um, just been a great part of our show. And uh, he's going to be playing at least one day. So we're excited to have Wesley. Like he already wired in the money for it. He he sent in a, <laughs> he sent in a one point nine million dollar wire to the casino last week, which was the biggest wire the casino's ever received. So he's already ready. Um, so he's got he's got only one buy-in. Is that what you're telling me? He's got other chips too, but yeah, gonna, I, think, gonna, I think we'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. Doug. It's kind of you funny. Know, you're like he sent the the casino the largest wire they've ever received, and then meanwhile that's one buy-in, and then he wouldn't be able to be allowed back in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, by the way, we are going to have um, we're going to have a lot of different rules for this game and like guidelines because you know this is a big game and we want to make sure everyone's comfortable. One thing that will be is that it's a million dollar buy in, but if you bust and want to reload, you could reload for five hundred. So oh, five hundred. Kind of be- you. That's very kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the other guys we're excited about who just confirmed is Ruske. And uh, yeah, shut you know, up. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick Garibald actually wired a million dollars for him. Yeah, so but you didn't mention Nick Airball on that list. Did you? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I skipped Nick Airball. Oh my god, why did? I... Yeah, sorry. I don't know why I skipped him. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, of course, Nick Airball in there. I don't know. I don't know how. Maybe I, you I, just I, thought that he can't afford it anymore. No, no, no. He can still. He can still afford it. I, I, I would assume. Um, yeah, yeah Nick of course. Airball, of course, Nick Airball on the list. He's been. He's been in the news a little bit. You may have heard of him. It's kind of a kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. No. Obviously, Nick's been like as loyal as anyone to our show. He's been awesome. He's been supportive. Um, obviously he's made a really big name for himself lately. And, uh, you know, he's not afraid to put in the big bluffs and, and make the big calls. And, um, I think that he's going to be fun in this game. Absolutely. I think he, he's, he's born for the moments like this. And yeah. and it is good to have someone that's kind of playing the heel, especially, I mean, I, I see a couple heels on here. Real. I mean, I really see two heels. It's basically person and air ball are the yeah. people where it's like easy to kind of jump on and hate them. But the rest of these guys, it's lots of guys that are nice or more quiet or more likable. Uh, so I think I think having something that kind of rounds that out with some personalities to get people a little bit agitated is uh, a good thing for the show. Yeah. The next guy is a uh, guy that you just had on your show the other day, uh, Hans. So oh, Hans. Hans is nice. Play one of the days. Awesome. Yeah, Hans, uh, Hans is a great dude. Uh, very nice. Very easy to work with. And always gets put in the absolute worst possible poker spots anyone <laughs> yeah. can imagine. Did you see the hand that happened on the yeah. show? Yeah, the Perkins hand. That was amazing. So if you guys have not seen this in the audience, uh, there was a hand hands played the, uh, the other day on the show where he was playing versus Bill Perkins. He bet a river for 40000 and Perkins put him in for 170 k And then he had a flight he had to catch. So he just left after jamming. He said, I, 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 my wife will be upset if I don't leave. So I'm going to leave. Nice playing everyone. Gave everyone fist bumps. And he peaced out. And then hands had to sit there. And we did a split screen shot where it's a split screen and his hands tanking and it's just an empty chair on the left. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, he ended up letting it go. I and, did not uh, see that. Is that clipped? It, you have that clipped? Yeah, it's clipped. He, he let it's it go. So epic. And then Perkins just had nothing. He just had king high and just jammed over a river bet and pieced out. Perkins was in the chat texting, That's sweating sad. it out because he doesn't know either. Like he's just watching. You know what, what happened? What happened? Hand, hands folded a, a, a good hand. He had a, a tens on a low board, and uh, and Perkins was had King Jack for just nothing. <laughs> it was a great hand. I mean, if he called, it would have been would that have been your biggest pot? I think it would have been like four eighty or something, right? It would have been the biggest pot in the history of, of our room if he had called. 
Yeah, our, our base was four sixty, but it would have been, been a four ninety. Yeah, could I you mean, imagine hand- being rich enough to put in a couple hundred thousand and then just taken off and just whatever happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> hard to imagine, but I guess I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I even mean, if I, it, I, I mean, hands like seems like he's such a like good player, but then he just like gets just destroyed in these games. It's it's kind of crazy. I don't know if he's just been running bad on the shows or what, but uh, he comes across as like a very very tough player, but then. He just goes for it. He takes his spots and then gets put in spots. He just ends up in these situations that really suck a lot, I think. And he's 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 definitely not afraid. I mean, he lost the biggest hand in the history of your show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, had a so chance. He, if he had called there, he would he'd be in the pots that were the biggest ever on both of our shows if he'd made the call. Could you imagine? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Dude, the last time he played on our show, to your point, I, I, every hand I watched, it was like. It'd be horrible to be in the spot he was in almost like 20% of the time. It was like in these hands where it was just, I don't know. He just is in that spot right now, but he handles it very well. And he's such a, he he's such a yeah. good guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the next guy is someone that's people aren't familiar too much with, but he's played on a couple of shows so far is uh Huss. Uh, do you know who Huss is? Hmm. So he's an Australian guy. Um, he played on uh, a couple of the bike shows with Eric Person. He played in like those a couple of those uh, win those big win games, WPT games. Um, and so like people that have been watching these games would some of them people in your chat I'm sure will know who he is. But he's awesome. He's social. He's splashy. Plays a lot of hands. Has a lot of history with Eric Person. So um, he's gonna fly in for this. Uh, and then the, the the last person we'll add to this list, someone that's gonna get to. Um, most likely play one of the days is uh, Mariano. Nice. Okay. So it kind of pairs well with, with Rampage because he's the other yeah. guy when you think of that that sort of generation, right, of up-and-coming players. They have a vlog. They've made it up in the stakes. Mariano's sort of in that same that same tier as, as Rampage. Absolutely. And so he's a guy that's been great for a show. He's been awesome for the casino, and he's just done everything the right way, and he knows how to be good for the game now and, like, players like playing with them and, and all of that, like just doing all of the right things. And he really, really wanted to play. And so uh, we thought it was the right thing to do to, to let him play one of the days. Um, he's, he's also a guy that, that fans enjoy watching and, and he's a very good player. And so, um, yeah, we're excited to have Mariano um, play in the biggest game of his life. All right. That's, that sounds great for everybody. Um, all righty then. So we're down to just the, our big reveal. All right, ready? I'm ready. All right, okay, and now our big announcement. Uh, so we want to announce a big name for the Million Dollar Game, someone who we think the fans will be very excited about, someone who is very fun and fans have been asking for. So without further ado, we would like to announce Doug Polk. Hey, wow, I am so surprised. I'm. <laughs> is he trolling? I don't know. <clears throat> I, are you trolling? Guys, I had no idea that I was going to be invited today, guys. Yeah. I just You're not you trolling, me, are you? When you, to, you to, are you trolling? Yeah, are you trolling us? I had no clue that you guys were going to No, I me. know that, but did you really jump out of your seat cuz <laughs> I just had to get this bottle of champagne that I had on the side. <laughs> wait, wait, did you act Wait, wait, hold whatsoever. on. Wait, did you actually have a hint that, that this was going to happen? I just hold on. No, I had no idea. I just, I thought, I thought there was no chance. So you're full of shit because you got a champagne bottle. I was, I said, I said, I think there was no way I'd get an invite to this game. 
And I heard rumors that the special guest was going to be someone else. But I knew that deep down, you guys were going to make the right decision. And you did. So let's celebrate. <laughs> wait, wait. Now I need to know. Wait, what the hell? I thought you were going to be completely shocked. Champagne has been popped. Oh, oh shit. God. Oh, not in the recordings. Ah, whatever. I was supposed to be yeah. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers for this very special announcement. This guy. I, for one, never saw this coming. Oh, my so I God. assume you're accepting our invite. I accept. <laughs> Cheers. Dude, what the hell? Will you what accept this rose, Doug Polk? How did oh. you? Yeah. Tastes great. Well, actually, Wait. I just had I had the champagne on standby just in case. Wait, how did you know? I didn't know. Then why did you have champagne? Well, just in case. I just you know you figured you have a special name. I figured out. I, I figured out. Oh I'd have a little worst. champagne on the side. Thank no thank. I I, I, gonna... I would love to play. I'm in. I would love I to play. Maybe, I want to play. I thought maybe you'd cry or something. Tears of joy. <laughs> Thank oh you very God. much, guys. And I will, I will, I will do you right. I will play. I, I'm bringing, I'm bringing my game. Eighty percent VPIP. I'm not going to play eighty percent VPIP, but I will do my best. <laughs> I will fight for some pots. I will make it a show. All right. That is hysterical. I can't That's believe awesome. you have champagne. I just can't. Yeah. What it. the hell? Better safe than sorry. <laughs> so I guess you will. <laughs> Doug, you will accept this rose. I accept. Wow. I'm in there. Wow. Thank you guys. I, I, I appreciate it. And I, I know I know it's uh it's the kind of game where you want to be selected with who you invite and you don't want to make it too tough for people. And um, you know, obviously my, my background is being a professional poker player, so I, I know it's it's you guys care a lot about your lineups and protecting your players, and I think you actually do a great job of that. I mean, I have a lot of respect for the way that you kind of build the games. So um you know, I, I know you really had to think things over, and uh, I was hoping that you'd invite me, but uh, I really appreciate that you did, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm re- I'm really excited. Awesome, I'm, we're happy yeah. for you to be a part of this. I think that uh, I think that you deserve to be a part of the biggest moments in poker history. I think that you've done a lot for poker over the last, you know, five, six, seven, eight, however many years, and um, I think that you know the fans recognize that and, and sure, like sometimes you're polarizing and, and all of that. But I think that, you know, deep down, everybody knows that you are as important to this community as anyone. And you've done a lot in terms of content and, and all of that and, and, and promoting the game. And, and I just think that if we didn't have you a part of this, one of the days, then it's like, uh, it's like, we're missing out, not having you be a part of our biggest moment. I appreciate that. You know, and I really had to sell your buddy, Thomas Keeling, who I was talking to last week. And uh, he's like, hey, man, who's this? Like, you could just tell me who's this announcement. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm not telling anyone. He goes, is it Doug? I said, no. Why would you say that? He goes, well, I know he really wants to play. And he goes, you just tell me. I, I won't say anything. Or, you know, maybe I will or whatever. And I'm like, dude, it's not. Now I feel bad. Like, so I did the best I could to sell him that it wasn't you, but he was pressing me big time. Oh, man. I think someone else told me that knows you guys who the name was. So I actually kind of thought it wasn't me. Like, I thought you were going to put me in the other names. And then, and then when you got through those, I was like, oh, maybe it's not me. Because I thought you were going to announce a different name right now. Who'd you, did you think? Did you plant a fake? No, I didn't. Who'd I didn't you tell think? I thought you, you were, I thought you were going to announce Tony G. Oh, no, no. No, there's no, there's no, been no movement on Tony G yet. Uh, okay. We're hoping, but he's one of those guys where if he does come, it's going to be like, we're not going to know until like a week or two before. Okay. 
All right. Well, that was great. Awesome. I, I'm I'm thrilled. Excited to play, guys. Who, who um, could we have said that would have been like a complete troll? We probably we should have come up with somebody first that was like a complete troll. I know. Like Berkey I think that would have been the better play. If you had announced Matt Berkey, it would have been a sad day on the Doug Book Pod. But <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I I would have tried to take it in stride. Doug, uh, at your table is going to be Rob Young, Matt, Nick Airball, and uh, we're trying to get Lynn some funding, and uh, we're going to see how it goes. So. Nice. <laughs> Maybe we can get Tilly in person in there, and we can really uh, really round it out. Um, all right. So is, are there any last things that you guys want to talk about with regards to this game? I know you said four, possibly five days. What are the dates going to be like for it? So 26th is the first day. Friday, May 26th. That's going to be the first day. Um, that's where we're going to kick it off. Um going to go all weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, Monday and possibly Tuesday. So 26th to 30th are the dates. Yeah. And one thing we're, we're working on too, it's, you know, kind of cool for some of the people and, and fans and stuff is um, the upstairs, Ryan, I know you talked about this and we haven't talked about it together, but I'm talking to Sean about uh, uh, getting the whole upstairs roped off, they have a ton of TVs, maybe even bring in some big TVs, put up some seats, and then each player have a certain amount of tickets that they can pass out to people who want to come and just be part of the vibe. Watch. We'll have like food up there and a buffet. And so we're going to we're going to do a thing where like WSOP, we're going to have like a rail, if you will. And, you know, and do that and maybe invite some really cool poker VIPs and that type of thing. And I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. All right, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good one. Let's uh, let's talk about a few other topics here, though, before we go, um, sure. because I think there's a lot of stuff happening in poker that would uh, make for some good subjects. And if I'm going to have you guys on it, I'd like to talk about. So let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk about kind of as a general topic, what makes a good stream, because there's been a lot of activity on social media lately about different kinds of streams and different lineups and what constitutes what constitutes something people want to watch or not want to watch. What what were your guys' takeaways with the recent high stakes poker episode? Um, I assume you at least watched some of it, or you at least heard the back the people talking about it. What was your takeaway from that show, and what was your takeaway from kind of the backlash that we saw on social media? Um, I, I mean, to me, like when Poker Go put this game together, they knew what they were getting into. They wanted this. They wanted to do this, right? They wanted to put together the most controversial game, uh, controversial lineup, controversial game they could, right? Like, and all of the players agreed to this. Like, Berkey knew what he was getting into. He knew he was going to play a game with you and and, and Nick and, and whoever else just, like, going after him and trolling him. And, and honestly, it wasn't even that bad watching it, right? Like, you guys could have went after him way. Like, the second half of the show, I feel like you guys were all kind of cool and friendly and laughing and all of that. And it wasn't even awkward. Um, but, you know, like, they knew what they were getting into. They did this for a reason. They wanted it to be a game where people were talking about it like this for days. Like, they succeeded. We're still talking about it. So they did what they wanted to do. And, and um, you know, there's different strategies and different lineups and different games you can make in poker these days, right? Like you could go for the old school game where it's oh Brunson and Phil Ivey and all of that, or you could go with a bunch of businessmen, or you could go with a bunch of pros, or you could go with this game where it's a mix and it's people that are very charismatic and, and um, you know, some people that personalities people like and some that they don't. And, and uh, you know, every day can be a different kind of, of poker show. And that's what's great about this game. And so... Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fun to watch. I thought like 
everybody was having fun and, and it was social. And, and I think that that's what poker should be. So, you know, yeah, maybe Nick Airball got a little too drunk and, and was a little too obnoxious at times. That's fair. That's something that we've talked to him about um, a long time ago. And he really hasn't um, drank like that on our show in a long time. Um, but he has different moods too, right? Like sometimes he's super aggressive and, and like he was there. And sometimes he's just very normal. Um, but he obviously wanted to be that way when he's sitting next to Berkey and, and, uh, and sitting and playing his first ever high stakes poker. You know, he wanted to like make an impact and have people talk about him. Like he wants to be somebody that is popular and, and and, in poker. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that like, I don't know. I, I thought that the people that criticized it, I think it's just a bit too much. Those p- same people still watched it. And I think those people would still watch again. So uh, there's a point that somebody made where they were talking about this type of show. And they said that, well, just because people are watching doesn't mean they like it. And I kind of had a little bit of an internal struggle with that because if somebody is watching something and choosing to watch something, but they don't like it, but they're watching almost like hate watching it. <laughs> yeah. I actually think that means that they like it. Now, yeah, they, it's so they, successful. Don't, they, yeah. they don't, it doesn't mean they like it as in they like the things that are happening. They might disagree with them or not like those, but they like being able to watch it or they wouldn't be watching. What, what, what do you think about that? Doug, Doug let, me ha- let me take that one. This is, this is just the way it is. No matter when you're running a live stream or any type of broadcasting, <clears throat> you are going to have people that are going to have their opinion about how bad it is, regardless of how good it is or how bad it is. It's just the way it's going to be. You know that. And <clears throat> yes, maybe there are a few people out there that really are like, oh, I can't watch this. But listen, the old thing with <clears throat> if you go back to Howard Stern, when he was the number one broadcaster in the world, the reason he was number one is he had so many people who loved his show, but he had more people who hated his show. But they listened as much or more as the people that loved his show. And that was one of the secrets to his success. So the bottom line is, like Ryan said, <clears throat> Poker Go knew what they were getting into. You cannot put those five people together and not expect a shit show, especially with the personalities that are at hand. Um, I do think the first part of the show was better. The part when, you know, Nick pulled the chips down, that was hysterical. It was fine. I think when he got too much wine on board, it became a little too much. I wish that that didn't happen, but at yeah. the same time, we're still talking about it. Right. And, and if you're running a show, poker go knew very well that it was going to be like that. And I don't know the numbers, but I would assume they're pretty big as viewership. So as far as that goes, it was a success. But just like our stream, you're going to take heat for how you do it, how you run it, or if you have an edge to it or certain characters. But honestly, if you put together a stream without characters, without a lot of bullshit like that, and it's just like whatever, and people are just quiet and playing poker, you're not going to get that kind of viewership. I mean, sure, some of the the real like, you know, uh, people who really want to just watch perfect poker, they're going to watch, they're going to love it, but people are going to tune out. The, the reason why streams are successful is because of stuff like that. Now, if you were to do that on a regular basis and that's all that happened, I think it would have burned out the point. And I think there's only so much of that you can do. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, sorry, I was going to say, I, I think, uh, you know, Nick Airball gets a lot of heat for different reasons. And I think that he's created this like polarized, you know, community where your team Berkey or your team Airball, right. Or even before that, there's even watching our show, there's a lot of people that are like, I'll never watch if Airball's playing. He's so annoying. But then 
you know, look at our numbers. Right. So I, I, I think that it's not fair because maybe you don't like it and you'd rather have someone that's just nice and pleasant and all of that. Um, but first of all, poker needs characters, right? Like when you talk about these past characters, like Tony G and, and Mike Matisau and Phil Hellmuth, like if you really break it down, is Airball that much different than those guys? Like, you know, these guys were known for their antics and the things they said and their emotions and they went a hand and they start celebrating and talking trash and all of that. Like that's what Airball's doing. Right. But deep down, he's like a super nice, good guy. And, you know, let's, let's look at like what he does. that's good for poker. Okay. One, he, he challenges a guy to heads up and actually goes and plays. Like how often does that happen? Right. Against a guy who's clearly more experienced than him. Um, puts money where his mouth is. So he, he plays the show every week, never takes a break. He, he buys in deep. He covers people. Even if he loses 750 K he's back the next week. Um, you know, he, he's like, he's in hands. He goes for the big six figure bluffs. Um, he's not afraid to put the money in. Um, the guy goes, he plays a heads up match in Vegas, Sunday, Monday. He, he comes back to our player show Wednesday, goes back to poker, go Thursday, goes back to our show Friday, goes plays heads up Sunday. Like he loves poker. Like he's in there, like he puts his money where his mouth is and, and the guy like, okay, he say what you want about him or what you think. But like, truth is like he made his money from both working and then later from playing some poker. And so like he, he made his money like a, in like a very relatable way. Um, and now he plays really big Inve- investment, investment banking, right? Well, I'm saying he made money from working, <laughs> but not from like, but over the short span. <clears throat> made a good amount of money over a few years, parlayed that into being a pretty good poker player. And I think that a lot of people don't give him credit for how good of a poker player he actually is. Like, is he, you know, good compared to Doug Polk? Like, no, but is he good compared to like the fields that we put out every day? Like, absolutely. Um, You know, he's a guy who, you know, Garrett, for example, didn't love playing with because he was one of the better players uh, outside of Garrett in, in our group. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that he gets a lot of heat, but I don't think it's really fair. I think that he actually is really, really good for poker and he's not a cheater. He's not a scammer. He doesn't owe anyone money. Like he's like actually, in my opinion, Nick's opinion, like a good person. But he puts on this character at the table because he thinks that that's something that's going to get people talking and get people watching. And, and, and yeah, they, it creates a lot of haters. But you know, look like Nick Airball is one of the most talked about people in poker right now. Hate him or love him. And and like that's good for his brand. Right. And, yeah. and let's face it, too. Like Nick Airball, we say what you want about him. But, you know, you just mentioned him with uh, Garrett didn't want him in the game. And, you know, Nick had a number that was, I guess, high. Nick has never once asked anybody, Ryan or I, what. I'll yeah, never. Him. He's never asked what the lineup is, tried to dictate a lineup. He doesn't give a fuck who, excuse me, who plays. Uh, he will just come and play. So I have a lot of respect for him that way. Now, there is no doubt that Ryan and I have had challenges with Nick and we've we've had to do some things and we've had to, you know, water him down because it goes sometimes too far. And so I think that's I think I've said this before, if Nick could take whatever he's trying to do, fine, build your brand, maybe that's who you are, I don't know, and he can just keep it to a certain notch and still show his likability, which he actually is a nice guy, but sometimes doesn't show it enough. 
Yeah. Um, I think it would go a lot more. He's young. And I think it would go farther uh, for him. And I will vouch for him in the sense that, look, everyone's all worried about where his money comes from. Who cares? But the truth is, is Nick in the last couple of years at, at Hustler on and off stream for sure has won a few million dollars. Now, after that, I couldn't tell you. Nobody could tell you. But that's really the truth. And 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 so, uh, you know, but he's not playing like he's only got a few. He's playing like he's got a lot more than that. So whatever it is, it is. But, you know, who really cares? Uh, this guy loans money to people uh, to help the show. He he you know, he does a lot of really good things for the show. If he could just notch it down one little bit and show his likability, I, yeah. I think he would I think he would be right where he wants to be. I mean, look at like he played Poker Go Wednesday, uh, uh, sorry, Thursday. Right. And he was super obnoxious and over the top. And, 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 and the complaints were, you know, s- somewhat rightfully so. Um that last hand was just like ridiculous where he's just like wasting Jennifer's t- time as she yeah, is. That, that, that was, I, I really thought he had like a super low flush <laughs> or something and just thought that she had a higher flush. That was just, I don't even understand what he's doing. Like he's just a different person when he's drinking and, and he hasn't really drank on our show in a long, long time. Um, so I was surprised he did that on high stakes poker, which is like the biggest stage. Right. But then Friday he comes to our show and he was like pretty normal. Like now maybe you can argue that's because he was normal because he gave his word to me that if we got him in the game with Phil Helmy. Oh, with Phil. Yeah. But even Phil, Phil was gone after an hour and a half and he was still. Yeah. Nick kept his word. I think the, I think the five hour Uber back really sobers you up. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I think like, like if we told him tomorrow, like, Hey, act this way from now on like he would do it like he just he just wants to play the guy just loves being a part of the show he wants to play he he just cares a lot and um yeah like i mean he's just as super we said this about a few people but he's super loyal um yeah he's, he's just he's just very he's just very awesome if for the for the people that actually know him those people like him um the people that don't know him they just see what they see on on, on tv like yeah i, I get it also, I also think that there is just kind of bring it back to what makes a good stream. I do think that there is an outlet for people that just want to watch good players play because in tournaments, especially the high roller scene, yeah. it's mainly good players. And then once you get to the final table, it's majority good players, if not all good players. And there are no there's no choice of lineups, so they just get in there no matter what. And so you can watch seven, eight, nine good players duke it out and learn from them in an environment that's very intense. And you have that option. And those those streams can do well. I mean, when it's a final table of a tournament, people care about that. So I think you actually already have that outlet. I think it's nice then with the cash game outlet that you have a different set of players that people are interested in more from a from an entertainment perspective and less from a strategy perspective. Yeah, we're not, like we said earlier, we're not running these streams to um, teach people how to play. You know, that's not the main purpose of our, our show. Our show is entertainment. It's a reality show. Um, this is what a, a private game, organized game, so to speak, looks like. And, you know, maybe you can take some elements from it to learn, you know, when you see people like yourself or, you know, maybe Nick Arabal playing. But it, the main purpose is entertainment. What are your thoughts on the tracking poker website in general? Because you talked earlier about when someone was up and then they were down or, or, or in their totality. It's kind of an interesting situation because on one hand, what it is good for is creating storylines and creating compelling storylines. This person's up the most, this person's down the most, this person came back, with all that kind of stuff. But on the other hand, it also clearly highlights the people that are losing the most money on your show. What are your thoughts on on something like that existing? 
You, Nick, you, you want to go ahead? Sure, yeah. sure. So <clears throat> the the truth of the matter is, is overall for our show and our players, it's totally minus EV because the players that are winning probably don't want the world or maybe certain, you know, whoever to know what they're winning and what their profits are. And um, at this, and even worse is a lot of the losing players get very, very embarrassed. Not all of them, but some of them. And it's actually detoured them from coming back on the show because it's just so out there. Um, I've had a lot of chats with the, the, the kid that runs it. He's actually a very, very nice guy. Um, uh, initially I, you know, wanted to strangle him, but I met him and he is a very good guy and this is a free country and he is, uh, he's not doing anything wrong. So it's going to continue to happen. Um, but it is definitely not good for the winners or the losers, but it, but it is what it is. Yeah. I think at this point, some people have accepted it and, and maybe it's not as bad as we initially thought when we first saw it, we, um, we kind of just we were just really upset by it. We're like, this is so bad. Like um, just showing anything cumulative over long-term, like some people just don't want that to be out there on the internet and that could dissuade people from playing. And, and so, um, but at this point, now that we can't do anything about it, it it's actually um, become a positive in terms of the tool and the website they built. Now, not necessarily the, just the, the information, but like just everything about it has been useful for me as a producer. So you know, when I need to look up like, Hey, when's the last time this person played? Like Andy played the other day and I wanted to put a graphic up that said, you know, first HCL appearance since I go to the website, I click on it and it tells me the last date he played. If I want to look at, you know, Nick's lost 12 straight shows that I think something like that happened once. Right. Um, we can, we can go find that on the website. Right. And, and get the actual information or, you know, Hey, like there's some guy playing and I don't remember what they're, what we call the lower third, the intro graphic when we introduce the players, um, what was their description? Well, I go click on their name and I find the show they played and then it, it links right to the show. And then I go to the beginning and, it, and I can see what we put down. So there's a lot of really good, uh, uh, useful tools from it. So as far as a, uh, from a producer perspective, it's it's become a huge net positive. Yeah, he's done a very good job with it, whether you like it or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Makes makes sense. It is interesting to me how many more sessions Nick has played than the next person. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's interesting, right? It's like double, more than double at this point. Yeah, uh, one hundred ninety eight yeah. sessions, Nick. You're grinding it out. Why? Why else would you create your own poker show? I mean, let's look. I, I hope they track yours because I think you're going to pass me up, bro, for sure. All I do is see you in the game. <laughs> and I, I'm and probably going to be. The I next. hope you don't start winning a ton because you will take a lot of heat. Just, I want yeah. you to know that. The well, tracking poker did. guy tweeted at me. He said he's going to put our, he's going to start putting ours up on his site next. Nice. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, so we'll 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 have some of those same issues over here in Austin. Welcome to the club. Uh, yeah, I guess it says something good about our show. It is. Um, okay, a couple last items of business before we call it a wrap here. I assume you guys have been sweating the Berkey Airball Heads Up match. I know Ryan that you actually went there and you filmed a hand. That ended up being a really big hand that happened while while you were there. What are your yeah. thoughts on what's been going down with that match so far? Um, well, first of all, I I think it's it's cool for poker. I think that you know we really haven't had moments like this where two people have played at these stakes um, heads up um, this many hours type thing. We've had it like online right back in the day, but um, we haven't had things like this live and 
I think it's cool that people can go kind of like stop in the room and sweat it and, and, and watch. So when I, when I stopped there, it was cool that they, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect, but they let me in. Um, I also wasn't sure what to expect in terms of, you know, Berkey because, you know, we've had our differences, but you know, we were very normal when we were in person. Um, we didn't like talk about anything in depth, but you know, there was no like issues. Like I would ask him like, Hey, what happened on that hand flop and turn? So I could tweet it out. He would tell me, um, I tried to crack some jokes at him, but he didn't respond to those. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was cool. And I think that, uh, well, one, I think there's a lot of variance in heads up, right? Like, you know, this better than anyone else, but I think there's a lot of variance even in, in cash, even in deep cash heads up. Um, there's a decent amount of variance. Um, I think that, um, I think that there's a lot in terms of experience. So even though, you know, Berkey isn't a heads up uh, specialist. I think that just he's had a lot of years of just like high stakes experience. Um, and so I think that that helps him a bit. I think that Nick, you know, has built up a lot of confidence over the last year or so playing on our show and other games. Um, but I think most of that success has been, you know, playing five handed, six handed, eight handed, seven handed, right? Like that's where he's kind of like felt found his groove and, and succeeded and, and done well. Um, but he doesn't have that experience playing heads up. And so like, he, this is kind of new to him. And I think that, you know, his, he's good at just getting in people's heads and, 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 you know, getting in and figuring them out and, and all of that. And, and this is just a little bit different. You're playing against the same guy for, you know, hundreds of, and thousands of hands. So, um, I think he's getting humbled a little bit, but I think that he's still um, staying confident and, and thinks that a lot of it is just variance. And um, I think that, you know, it's going to be important for him to try to just like um, whittle it down to like lose small. I think like losing a million, I think is really going to be tough for him, like emotionally, right? Like how can he ever go out and and talk trash about Burke if you lose a million to him, right? Like, how can you? Like, you, you put your you, – you, they both put the they'll, money They'll out. find a way. They'll find a way. I know. And now he could say, like, oh, he got lucky, he did this, he's that, he's still this or whatever. But, like, this is huge for Berkey, right? Like, I mean, it, it, it it's a thing where, like, if Berkey loses a million, it makes him look really bad, right? Like, Nick's telling him that, you know, he's not this great um, uh, teacher and that, like, his sight isn't legit and all that. And then – Berkey's way more experienced and Nick goes out and meets him for a million. Like that's bad for Berkey, right? If Berkey beats him for hundred K, 200 K it's like, okay, no big deal. Like that's the expectation, right? Like that's, that's the spread is Berkey's going to win a little bit. So that doesn't prove anything. Right. Um, if Berkey wins a million, like that's, he's kind of like has to, <laughs> Nick has to quiet up a bit. Like you can't really keep talking after that. And, uh, you know, even he can't be like, oh, well, let's play for two million. Well, Berkey's like, no, I'm good. Like he won the challenge. He proved that, you know, he's the better heads up player. And um, yeah, so I think there's a lot of uh, it's important for Nick to try to get it down to like 100K, 200K by the end. Like, I think that would be a win if he loses small. I, I Yeah, I would agree with all of that. I, I do think that for for someone like Nick, it's kind of difficult to moving into this arena from where he's been playing before, where he's played in a lot of games that are more soft and more based around players that are, you know, very recreational. And uh, even though I look like I've said my piece before on Saul for why in general, the reality is Berkey is still someone that is trying to execute a balanced poker strategy 
and has been studying that for some number of years. So if you're not if you're not in the mindset where you're able to approach poker in that kind of way in a heads up match, you're going to get wrecked, right? And the thing about heads up is it's one thing to be capable of bluffing. Like Airball is incredibly capable. I, I believe he can run it in a very wide variety of situations. But it's about being able to consistently do it, consistently bluff enough, consistently call enough, consistently raise enough, consistently trap enough, consistently value bet enough. It's about just hitting consistent thresholds and being able to take a framework and apply that in a long ter- over a long-term match. And if you're not thinking about poker in that way, your opponent is going to start to see what's going on. And so if you don't have the ability to cloud what things look like in a very balanced sort of way where you weave it together, people can start to exploit you and they can start to really beat you down in situations where you're, you're just kind of, it's just kind of obvious what you're up to. So obviously it's not streamed. Obviously there, there are, you know, you see some hands, I, I've talked to some hands with Nick. So I, I know, I know some spots and things that have happened and whatnot, but I don't know, like, are, how is preflop going? How are, how are just like basic flop CBET <laughs> frequency going? How are all that stuff? You don't know how that stuff is going. So you can only look at like the big pots, right? Um, but I, I do think that it will be a good learning experience for Airball kind of either way. But yeah, he's been getting absolutely beaten down so far. I mean, this is a lot of big blinds to have lost over 60. I don't know how many hours have they played? I don't know, 60 or 70 hours? I think it's um, like 55, I think. Okay. Is that what it is? Something like that, yeah. So yeah, I would say it's pretty unlikely Berkey's going to lose a million dollars at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if Nick regrets this, like taking the challenge at this point um knowing what happened so far like obviously he could still come back and you, you think if possible. you think if he knew he was going to lose two-thirds of a million dollars he, he would he would not do it i just want to <laughs> clarify uh just yeah. no just like in general i wonder if 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 like i, I just said to him the other day i'm like maybe you should have thought a little bit more about if this is worth it you know like like yeah if you win a million like you look really good and you prove your point you know but um if you lose a million like it's just really bad and not only financially, but just uh, in terms of like proving your point. So um, I just think he's going to get a lot of ridicule if he, if he loses a million to Berkey. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, hopefully he's enjoying it at least. Hopefully he's enjoying the challenge and learning something from it. Hopefully he's, you know, from studying and working with you and other people that maybe he's becoming a better player from all of this so he can take that. Um, but yeah, it's, I can't imagine, you know, sitting there a hundred hours with someone I don't like and losing a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you guys have said it all really. I, you know, the, the, the pot, the good thing is, is the poker community has been entertained by it. Uh, it's been interesting. Would have been really interesting if it was streamed. Um, you know, Nick did what he did. There is everybody knew by the betting lines that Matt had the edge because he's just more schooled than poker. Um, Anything can happen with variance, but like if all the cards just evenly be, is, are dealt out, um, you know, Matt has the edge and Matt had everything to lose and Nick didn't have anything to really lose. But like Ryan said, he actually did in the sense that he did most of the talking. And, you know, this just is what it is. I, I do give him credit for having big balls to put himself in this position. But at the same time, um, I think God, I, this is Nick's business, so I'm not speaking for him, but maybe better serve just to keep doing what he was doing because it was working, you know? So, I don't yeah. know. Whatever. It's fine champagne we have over here. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I would agree with all of that. And, and you got to give some credit to Berkey. He's 
executing well in this match yeah. and it seems like he's at least found a, a pretty reasonable baseline strategy possibly picking up some exploits on airball it's unclear how everyone's running because we don't have the cards and stuff uh, yeah. i would assume he's running at least pretty well to be to get this much money but he's obviously found some good situations uh, to yeah he's uh he stepped up to the to the plate he's winning if he wins at the end he deserves to you know have whatever comes with that Absolutely agree. All right, one last thing here before we go. Feldman, I'm going to have to ask you about this. On a recent interview with Rob Young, <laughs> oh, no. he asked you, He asked you, what's the percentage chance Robbie cheated? And you said 40%. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit why you chose that number? And <sighs> um, I, I, I have to ask. If you're going to be on here, I have to ask. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, so here's the thing. Let me see how much what I can say about this. So um, first of all, you know, when the hand first happened, you know, I had, I had my opinion based on what I knew and just based on watching the hand and hearing what everyone else said and yourself and everyone else. And I kind of like took in everything that people said and, you know, yeah, even though I'm up there and, you know, I am in charge, so to speak of the, the production, like when this happened and people started, you know, Garrett alleged that something happened and then other people kind of put their opinions out there if they think it did or didn't like I had to take that all in and consider the information and decide for myself like well, what do I think and you know at the beginning I, I really was torn I didn't know because people on both sides made really convincing arguments and and made good points and, and information from both sides was really interesting and you know there, there was nothing like um all along there was nothing um like concrete that was like oh there it is like smoking gun you know but but i had to listen to what everyone said on both sides and kind of consider it and so that was kind of like why i i initially in my mind as a fair unbiased person like thought like okay like you know it, it could be somewhere in that range but like you know as time went on um we did our investigation and the guy that came in or the company that came in did our investigation they kind of like proved a lot of the the theory is just like not possible. Um, and so like at that point we, we kind of knew that, all right, well, if something possibly happened, it was this guy that, you know, worked for us and, and isn't with us anymore. And, and, and if it's not him, then I don't think anything could have possibly ever, ever happened um, based on the information we had. And so um, yeah, we moved on and then, you know, I never really thought about it too much after that in terms of like a percentage. Right. Um, and then Rob asks me, you know, well, first of all, I'm, I'm at lunch with Rob. Okay. And he says, Hey, I want to do this video with you. Like I do these videos for my Twitter. I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. That's cool. I had no clue he was going to ask about this. Okay. I didn't know what he was going to ask. I should have asked. I didn't think about that. It was dumb. I should, I should have thought about what is he going to ask me about? Right. Is he going to ask me something that I don't want to answer? So he starts recording and the first question he's asked me that and I'm just like, uh, I don't know. And first of all, he cut it up a little bit. So it's not all in there. But but I was like, I don't know, man. Like I, I really like like, yeah, it, it, I, honestly, like now that I could have thought about like what I actually think and what I should have answered, like I it, I don't think that anything happened like uh, the investigation kind of um, proved that not prove that, but kind of like. Uh, didn't come out with anything that um, proved otherwise. And we stand by that. And um, yeah, so I don't really think about it as a percentage, you know, it either happened or it didn't. 
And so that it's, was it. it's a 50 but, 50, you're saying? Yeah, no, but. but so, uh, so the takeaway here is, is actually you meant 50%, not 40. <laughs> well, he pressured I want to get that just, clear. He pressured me to give a number. And so I was trying to think, like, well, what number could I say where, you know, I'm not saying one thing definitively to the other so that, like, I'm not, you know, not looking biased or whatever. If I say 0%, I'm going to get all the people that are going to attack me and say, like, how can you say 0% when, you know, Garrett thinks it's 100% and Doug thinks it's 95%, right? And so, like, I'm trying to think of, like, well, what do I say? And what I should I should have thought about it or I should have asked Rob, hey, like, let me think about how I want to answer this question before we move on. But I'm like, he's recording this live video and I'm just going to give an answer. So whatever. In hindsight, it was dumb. It, it was just dumb for me to even answer that question at all. There's so much better ways to answer that question. Um, I, I, I don't know what percent I even actually believe or, or think if there is a percent. Um I just don't think of it that way in terms of percentages. And uh, yeah, I just kind of like fumbled in the moment and, you know, but I shouldn't have because it's not like it's like live. I could have just asked him to start the recording again, or can we not talk about this? Because I don't want to talk about this incident that we're past and is over with and we moved on from. So yeah, it was stupid. Whatever people uh, attacked me for it. Um, I regretted it. It's probably like the worst thing I've done in terms of like PR um, since this whole thing happened. And, yeah, and usually uh, usually you guys run a really tight ship on PR, right, Nick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick yeah, was- you know what was really good about uh, this, Doug, is uh, like I got to like call Ryan and said, wow, man, it's you. It's not me. It's you. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm, um, always, I'm always calling Nick and like texting yeah. him like, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't tweet this or whatever. <laughs> and, yeah. and, 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 and for once, like it's – yeah, it's kind of me being hypocritical because, you know, I'm always the one that's super conscious of this stuff, of saying the right things publicly and doing the right things. And how do you handle the situation? And, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, you just have to, like, um, you just have to say things the right way. And for once, it's me just totally fumbling and being stupid and not thinking about what I'm saying. Like, you just have to think before you speak, especially when you're running. You know what, though? In fairness, in fairness to Ryan – here, here's the deal. A lot of my faux pas are just emotional things that I've that I've had to learn how to navigate through this uh, Twitter space and through this industry. In in Ryan's defense, yes, this was a mistake, but it wasn't a mistake uh, like some of the ones I've made. It basically was he's a nice kid. He got asked a question. He was caught off guard. He gave an answer that did not represent him. Ryan and I have both said you know, we are uh, innocent until proven guilty, even though inconclusive, we don't know for sure. Nobody knows. And that's our answer. And I just think Ryan uh, just didn't think in the moment, probably didn't think quick enough after to say, Rob, that's not, you know, just get rid of that. It happened. Uh, Ryan, when I talked, was extremely distraught over the fact that he did that because it did not represent his real answer. It was a mistake. Whatever. I mean, well, that's I- the truth. Yeah, I think I think it's a really just lose lose question for you. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I got put in a lot of those spots by Rob on the show. I mean, he asked me like a bunch of coin flex questions, and like did not let up on it. Yeah. And so at first, I tried to just you know, and then it's like okay, at some point, like we're on a live show, like I, I have to say something, and if I say something, you, you, there's no answer where you look good. No, even if you even if you say an honest answer, you, you there's no way you could possibly look good. Yeah, that's so, the thing about social media. That's the thing about being live. That's the thing about being public. Like. 
you can really give the right answer and you are going to get a lot of people who speak up and either say you're lying or you're a scammer or you're this or bullshit. And then the other half are going to be like, that's fair. That's really good. And the answer It's just, you just can't win. And you know, I, we've had the, you just have to learn and I have to learn more than anyone that you just got to be so careful because everything is scrutinized uh, no matter what you say and how you say it. And the bottom line is, you know, Look, you, you came in right after it. We talked to you. You kind of like saw um, some of the things and, and, and we gave you like we, we talked to you. We showed you our, our what we had and, and so that you could kind of make your own judgment. Right. That was a week or two after um, we ran this investigation. Um, we took our time with it to make sure that everything was done thoroughly. Uh, we did interviews. We did everything that, you know, we really thought that we could Um the investigation, they looked into all of our like equipment, our software. Um, they tested all these theories. Like they, they did a lot, and um, they came up with that most of these things weren't very realistic or possible. Well, the most most of the, okay. So most of the accusations were just so ludicrous, right? Like it, 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 if there was cheating, it was very simple. There was a relay happening from yes. Brian in the back to someone. Exactly either to her or a device or someone in front of her she could see and it was either you're good or not good exactly, there's no yeah. there's there, there's no like and then she knew that like four buses is a club and like the fifth one you know, two, like, <laughs> yeah it's that like, was ridiculous yeah some, some of them were insane um i do think that there is a likely chance i don't actually think 40 percent was that crazy of an answer um of course i'm biased but i you're gonna lose no no matter what i think answering that question no matter what you say like, like I said, I think I think the right answer is this. And putting a percentage on it, I think, still is ridiculous. I think it is. You're innocent and proven guilty. We did an investigation. It was inconclusive. Inconclusive doesn't mean it didn't happen. And we don't know. It, yeah, anything above good. that, I just think, is reckless. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, the, like Nick said, like, it found nothing. It, there's no information that says that anything happened. And does that mean that it's impossible and it's 0%? Like, no, of course not. It's one of those situations where it can never be proven 100% that way, right? Like, it can only be proven 100% yes if someone came out and admitted it, but you can never prove 0%. It's just impossible, and we have to live with that. But, you know, we did learn a lot from it. Um, we made a lot of improvements. Um, you know, we're, we're really confident with where we're at now. Um, our players are happy. Um, just everything we're doing is just like much better now than, than, than a long time ago. And we're really happy about that. And so there are a lot of positives that come from, that came from all of this and we've learned a lot as well. And, um, we're just ready to move on and, and, and we're happy where we're at now. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like how we feel about it. All righty guys. That that's good for me. I want to thank you both for coming on, and once again, I, I really appreciate you inviting me out. Um, I will, I'm very 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 excited and looking forward to it. And uh, thank you. We're yeah, we're, we're, to we're forward to having you. Thank you for having us on your show. Yeah, and, and I will also say this too. Like I, I'm I'm glad that we have a good relationship. Obviously, we both have shows. I see a lot of like bickering back and forth. Um, you know, I see people that are proud of our show or proud of your show or like one show or whatever. And uh, I think it's really important for all the different shows in the space to kind of work together, try and solve problems. There's obviously going to be a lot of overlap in players. So just important for us that we have a good relationship with you. Like Airball comes to the lodge. He can put on as many HGL hoodies or hats or whatever the hell yeah. he wants to put on. Uh, we're always happy to help promote you guys and, and what yeah. you're doing because I think yeah. what you're doing is yeah. great for poker. 
And um, I just, you know, hope to always keep that two-way street. Yeah, your guys are always welcome at our place. There is enough room in poker for both of us. And uh, we we support you just the same. And we think you're doing an amazing job over there. Yeah, we're, there's a lot of things you're doing that we're jealous of, you know, and um, there's we, we think you're doing a lot of things really well. And your show is great. And, um, yeah, we, we definitely support you. And, and we think that um, – just there's plenty of room, like Nick said, for, for success on both streams. And, and I think that if one of us does well, then the other one is going to do well as well. And so it's, it's good for poker. It's good for streaming. If either one of us, you know, has great shows and does well. So, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it, it's, we, we got your boy good. DQ coming out soon too. So we're yeah, he's to coming that. Monday. Very nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, a, a lodge staple DQ. Shout out to DQ. Max Payne Mondays. That's it. That's right. That's it. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Um, That's going to do it. That's a wrap here from us. I want to say thank you to Nick and Ryan for coming out and uh, all of the discussion today about the Million Dollar Cash Game should be an awesome one. I'm sure I'll be breaking down some hands. And, of (laughs) course, uh, you guys can always uh, check out the Hustle Casino Live show. Uh, You guys back up on uh, today, I assume, right? You probably have to go. You probably have a show here soon, right? Yeah, I got to get going soon, yeah. All right. All right, guys. That's going to be it. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you again soon.